You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Is your child struggling with lying, but you aren't sure how to address it from a heart-oriented biblical perspective? Then we're glad you're joining us today as Ginger Hubbard is going to be talking about why children lie, what God's Word says about lying, and she's going to be really encouraging you with practical ways to train children to speak the truth. Our guest today, like I noted, is Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and the new Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely book series for children. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and has been a favorite speaker for years at Teach Them Diligently and other homeschool conference. She also co-hosts the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast, and you can check out her parenting resources and find out where she's speaking and what she's talking about at gingerhubbard.com. Now, we're going to dive into that conversation really soon about lying, but first, I wanted to make sure you're aware of what I truly believe is the best spot on the internet for homeschool moms, Teach Them Diligently 365. With a membership to TTD 365, you get access to our audio vault of every workshop given at a Teach Them Diligently event through the years. That's literally thousands of workshops available on demand whenever you need encouragement or help with a specific issue. But the audio vault is just the beginning of the awesomeness that awaits you in 365. You also have access to every virtual event we've ever produced, exclusive new monthly content from me and from other members and experts, community groups and discussions, retreats, regular meetups, and more. The community and discipleship that happens within 365 are truly the power behind it. For in 365, moms are growing together and thriving because there's always someone ready to answer a question, give an idea, or help carry your burdens by praying for you and encouraging you. Get a membership to TTD 365 today and see how it can transform your homeschooling efforts as well. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD 365 to learn more and to sign up now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD 365. Now, I am super excited to welcome our guest today, Ginger Hubbard. From a firm film, the studio that brought you miracles from heaven comes 5,000 Blankets. A woman and her young son, Philip, set out to find his missing father on the streets, sparking a movement that inspires the city. There are over 5,000 homeless souls in the city alone. So it is Philip's wish to reach each and every one of them with a comforting gesture. Inspired by a true story. 5,000 Blankets. In theaters for two nights only, December 12th and 13th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. More information is available at 5,000BlanketsMovie.com. Ginger, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, or welcome back to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. You've been with us quite a few times, and it's always a joy, so welcome. Thank you, Leslie. It's always good to be on with you and encourage your listeners. It's one of my favorite podcasts to be on because I truly admire and respect the work that you guys are doing. It's helping so many homeschooling families where they are and meeting some of the needs. 
Well, praise the Lord. We That is our prayer every day, that God will use the resources, that he'll use the work of our hands to strengthen families, to focus all in on what's important. And that is our walk with God and shepherding the hearts of our children, training them, giving them a foundation for their faith. And the, you know, the stakes are high, as you well know. Um, and it's time for us all to really take our job seriously and become better equipped to do them well. Yep, I totally agree. And you guys are doing an outstanding job of, of coming alongside these homeschooling moms. And especially with the 365, I've really encouraged people to be members of that because then you're plugged in all the time and getting that encouragement and practical help that you need. So great resource there. Well, thank you. I, I really, I honestly do believe it's the best place on the internet for a homeschool mom to be because you're able to get that community without falling in a black hole of social media. Um, but you're right. also able to get so many resources and helps and there's just a lot there. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, and I appreciate so much you're bringing that up and and just your your positive words about it. It means a lot. You know, a couple of, I guess, two or three months ago, you were on and we talked about whining. And we, you know, if you all missed that episode, I'll link to it down below. You're going to want to get her tips and so on for dealing with whining. Today, we're going to talk about another issue of the tongue, and that is lying. So I, I wanted to kind of ask you, first of all, to to remind us why why are you dealing with these specific issues of the tongue so deliberately so intentionally right now and how how are these resources being made available these ideas being made available for parents well, Leslie, as a conference speaker, I've listened to parents um, all over the country. I've listened to a lot of them at the Teach Them Diligently conferences just come up to my booth and express their heartache over their inability mm -hmm. to help their children get a handle on some of these tongue-related offenses like whining and lying and tattling and teasing and complaining. And there's just a whole slew of them. And so many parents today, uh, they don't realize, but their, their children are actually in bondage to mm. the enslaving addictions of the tongue, which stem from enslaving addictions of the heart. Parents are looking for ways to uproot these issues, address them from a biblical and heart-oriented perspective, and then point their children to Jesus, who is their only hope for change. So I created, uh, along with my co-author, Al Rowland, the Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely children's book series. And our first two books um, are already out. One is on uh, the topic of whining, and the other is on the topic of lying, which we're going to talk about today. And I've created these resources with my friend Al so that parents will have a practical tool for really helping their children understand what is at the heart of these issues. What does God's word have to say about these issues and how can they uh, tap into uh, the power of Jesus to bring about change in their hearts? Yeah, so good. And so, so very practical. I, I'm so grateful for the way that you are actually attacking very specific issues. Rather than we need to deal with our children's speech, you're looking at very specific manifestations of wrong speech and, and walking through what it looks like and how it can look and how it should look and how we can deal with it. And and I'm just very grateful for the way that you're approaching this because I think that for for parents today, it's incredibly helpful, but it's also attainable. It's achievable because you're not throwing the world at them. You're really dealing with one thing at a time. Right. 
And that's what we need is how to deal with these specific issues that our children are struggling with on a day-to-day basis in a way that is really getting past that outward behavior, getting to the root cause, the sin issue of the heart, and then pointing them to Jesus. That is our goal. That's our job as parents. That's exactly. what we, that's what we want to do. So I like to, I basically just studied the scriptures for parents and done the homework for them <laughs> as far as giving them, uh, you know, some, some heart probing questions, how to get to the heart, and then pointing them directly, specifically uh, to certain passages in the Word of God that's going to help them address these issues in heart-oriented uh, ways from that biblical perspective. So that that's my goal. I like to be practical and, and mm. show moms, here's where you, because we're busy. We're busy. Sometimes our kids struggle with something and we don't have time to run and to, to go find our Bible and our concordance and, and look these things up. So I've just kind of done that homework for parents and, and give them a cheat sheet of sorts with some of my material so they can put their finger on how to address these issues. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I think that in addition to being busy, there's there's a level of insecurity, too. There's a level of I don't even know where to look or how to start with addressing these things. And so not only are you are you cutting down the time, you're you're making it available because, like you said, you've done the study for them, but you're also giving them those resources so that they can confidently address the issues that they're dealing with. And hopefully, by God's grace, learn how to then find those kind of verses for themselves with other other issues that they're going to be dealing with. Right. That's right. It, it, sometimes we don't respond the right way because we're busy or we don't know how to respond the right, right way. So that is what I'm trying to help parents with is to make things very simple, very accessible so mm-hmm. that we can respond the right way instead of, you know, yelling and screaming and grounding and timeouts and all of those things that that really don't reach the heart. Well, exactly. Exactly. So let's start talking lion today then. Let's just dive right into the lion deep end. Um why is lying such a temptation for children and, you know, actually for adults as well? So I guess maybe a better way to, to phrase the question is what's at the heart of lying? Why do we stumble on this so often? Well, hopefully, Leslie, none of us lie on a daily basis, but I think if we're honest, we've all had our moments of exaggerating details Mm -hmm. in our favor or twisting the truth a little bit to make ourselves look good or maybe conveniently leaving out certain facts to protect our guilt. Or how about those times when we slightly embellish our stories just to make them sound a little bit better or to make ourselves look a little bit better? So why do we do those things? Why do we lie? I think if we really look at it and think about it and, and we just evaluate what's at the heart of lying, we'll conclude that most of the time lying derives from the love and preservation of self. Hmm. And our children are no different. They are just smaller versions of us. And like us, they'll sometimes even resort to denying the obvious to save face and avoid consequences. But what's even worse than lying being motivated by a love and preservation of self is that lying expresses a lack of trust that God is in control. Because no matter how you slice it, lying is always an attempt to bring about the response or outcome that we prefer, a response or outcome that suits our own interest. And that's a problem because when we try to alter a natural response or outcome by lying, we're placing ourselves in a position of control rather than trusting God. Hmm. That is, it's so true. And, and it's so easy to fall into that, that, and, and I find with myself as well as I think with my kids, sometimes 
those lies come out, they bubble over before you even have time to think about it. It's almost a mm-hmm. self-preservation exaggeration or untruth or misdirect or whatever you want to call it at any given time. It is, it's, it's something that is very, I, I think within our sin nature, lying is such an integral part of that, that we have to be very intentional in fighting against it at every age of our lives. Mm, that's right. Absolutely. Well, what are, th- what are some methods or some ways that parents should actually avoid when dealing with lying within their children? And, and why should they avoid those things? I know we, we all, it's very easy to just kind of fall into the trap of doing things that don't work and just doing them over and over and over and over again. And I think every one of us can relate to that. So, yep. You know, as you've studied this out, as you've really prayed your way through it, and I'm sure talked to a lot of parents and done some research on that as well, what have you found that doesn't work so that then we can focus on what does? Well, the first method that doesn't work that we want to avoid is in regards to punishment. We don't want to just punish a child for lying. Now, while consequences are definitely a part of training children not to lie, to just merely punish a lying child can actually wind up doing more harm than good. Because what we view as I'm punishing you because you lied, the child views as, uh, no, you're punishing me because you found out the truth. And then they just become better at lying. Hmm. Another dangerous response to lying is anger, which is going to cause the child to fear admitting that he lied and dig his heels even deeper to try and cover the lie. Then you have the snowball effect. Also, when we respond in anger, uh, that always stirs anger in the hearts of our kids. Proverbs 15, one says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The third method parents uh, want to avoid with dealing with a lying child is putting labels on them. In other words, if we're absolutely certain the child has lied, It's better to address the fact that he lied rather than calling him a liar. Mm. If we call him a liar, we're labeling him a liar rather than encouraging him to live in the forgiveness and atonement of Christ. So when our children lie, rather than just administering a consequence or reacting in anger or calling them liars, it's best to calmly address what God's word says about lying and the relational consequences of lying and perhaps even share about a time when we ourselves told a lie and what the results were and why it would have been so much better to be truthful to start with. And then we want to encourage them to live in a total dependency on Jesus, who is our only hope for redemption and change. So we need to understand that it's a self-controlled, transparent, and gospel-oriented response to a lying child that's going to pave that way for more honest communication. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I or I found it really, really insightful that I, I because I, I can't say I loved it because it's not something to love, but I found it very insightful that you noted that the, the child can, can say, can get the mindset that you're punishing me because you found out the truth rather than you're punishing me because of the lie. And, and to separate those two things, that is, that, that, that was just truly insightful. It's something that I've never actually stopped to think about. Um, and I would imagine that there are others here that haven't either. And and as as your kids grow and you go from these black and white things that are so obvious to the gray areas that you swim in, and I'm sure we'll probably get to that 
in a few minutes since we both have older kids. But but it's so easy to just lower the boom on lying is a sin, lying is a sin, lying is a sin, which it is. But but there are so many other things as we're going for the heart of the matter and going for the heart of our child that we want to be discussing all along the way, which mm-hmm. honestly is why discipleship focused parenting takes more time than just swatting at, you know, these leaves that you see and dealing with Mm -hmm. it and running. Right. That's right. And especially as they grow older, we want, I wanted my teenagers to be able to come to me when they did Mm -hmm. make a bad choice and know that they could talk with me about it without a fear of punishment. Because as, especially as they move into those teen years, you know, if they come in and they're, they're sharing something that they, that they did wrong, that they wish they hadn't have done. And I'm not there to listen and disciple and point them to that forgiveness and atonement and say, tomorrow is a new day. God's mercies are new every morning. If I don't approach it that way, for my t- with my teenagers and instead just punish them for these things, whether it's lying or making a bad choice or, or whatever, um, then they're not going to come to me. They're right. not going to come to me and talk to me. And then I don't have that opportunity to speak truth into their lives and to disciple them as they're approaching, you know, being young adults. Well, exactly. Exactly. We, we tried to teach our children from the time that they were very, very young to walk in the light. We, we talked a lot about how lying keeps you in the shadows. And and that manifests itself in a lot of different ways. And those shadows get deeper and murkier as they get older. So, you know, that, that concept of walking in the light. And the other thing that we wanted our kids to understand was that God loves them too much to not shine a light on their deeds anyway. So when they're trying to cover stuff up, when they are lying, God's not going to let them get away with it because he loves them too much. And to really reposition that where they see that the discipline that that is coming is out of love. And, And we talked about that in the whining episode too, that this is, I love you too much to let you stay going down this path because where it's mm-hmm. taking you is bad. It's just someplace mm-hmm. I can't bear to think of you going. So taking the time to have those conversations, like you just noted, gives you a platform for as the as your kids get older, as their needs get greater and more complex, you're the go-to safe person to have those conversations with, no matter what decisions have been made or what messes they've made of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. That's exactly that's exactly how we want our children to view us, especially, I mean, it's important that we are, you know, requiring that obedience when they're younger and have those reins a little bit tighter and consequences play more of a part, I believe, when they're younger and and just uh, learning to mature and making the right decisions and obeying mom and dad as God has called them to do. But as they move into those teen years, uh, that looks a little bit differently in the way that we parent and the relationship that we have with them, which is a little bit uh, more conversational and, and just helping them to think think through these issues and to make better choices when they do make bad ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's go backwards in time just a little bit though, because a lot of the families who listen in still have young kids. So how can parents help their young children to understand that lying is a sin and, and the many, many ways that it hinders their relationship with God and with their parents and others around them? Well, first we can talk to them about Proverbs chapter six, which talks about uh, the seven things that God hates. One of them 
is lying in verse 17, a lying tongue. So we know from that verse that lying does not please God. One of the seven things God hates, that's a pretty powerful statement there. Uh, Mm. We also need to help them understand that while following and pleasing our Heavenly Father are reasons enough to speak truth, there are also relational consequences when they choose to lie. The foundation of the family relationship is built on trust. And when that trust is violated, the foundation of that relationship crumbles. Honesty is the glue that holds a family together, which is why Paul advises in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other. God desires to transform us into his likeness, and he desires for families to remain faithful and united to one another. So that's why he reiterates the importance of being truthful a lot throughout scripture. So if you want to help your child understand these truths, you might consider asking just a very simple heart probing question, uh, something like, sweetheart, God is the father of truth. So do you think lying honors or dishonors God? And uh, if he doesn't answer, don't, we talked about this on the whining episode, don't get into that power (laughs) struggle, just answer for him. Uh, Next, it's important to explain how lying damages family relationships. Uh, You might say something along the lines of, honey, not only does God hate a lying tongue because it dishonors him, but family relationships are built on trust. And so when you lie, trust in that relationship is broken. Sweetie, it's so important that we keep trust in our relationship and that we honor God by being truthful. Hmm. It's so, so, so true. Um, you know, our, our, our families, families in general, parents in general, it's so helpful to have really specific examples. And I think that everything that you have said is so good and so rich. And, and I just want to amen it over and over and over again, but to make it even more concrete, do you have any specific example that you can share with us of, you know, maybe a child telling a specific lie and how, how, what it would look like for a parent to go for the heart of that matter and address it in a heart-specific way. Sure. I'm going to give a personal example. I remember a time when my daughter, Alex, was caught red-handed and telling a lie. And just for the record, she does give me permission to share uh, this story. My kids are both so (laughs) gracious to allow me to share so many stories from their childhood. Um, But when Alex was little, one of her favorite things to do was to play dress up and pretend. And not just dressing up herself, she also loved dressing up Mickey, our little 10-pound Yorkie. (laughs) <laughs> who surprisingly for such a high strung little dog, he was always very happy to oblige. So I allowed her to dress him up and pretend with him as well. But there was one thing that Alex knew she was not allowed to do. And that was to get into my makeup bag. So mm-hmm. when Mickey, our little Yorkie, came prancing into the kitchen with lipstick on one afternoon. It wasn't hard to figure out who was behind it. And so I asked Alex, uh, you know, how it was that Mickey came to have rosewood lips when she was not allowed to be playing with in, to, in my makeup bag. And she very quickly, Leslie, she said, Doug did it. Okay, so let me tell you oh. about Doug. Doug <laughs> is a three-inch tall caped action figure that came in a kid's meal. So oh, no question, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, Alex is lying. I mean, she's caught red-handed here. But because Alex did like to pretend and because I was really wanting to give her the benefit of the doubt, uh, I made a suggestion based on my suspicion. I said, Alex, did you maybe help Doug get the lipstick out of my bag and help Doug put the lipstick on Mickey? Were you Mm -hmm. pretending? And she said, well, no. See, she was smart enough to know that even being Doug's assistant would still land her in a lot of trouble. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So she says, nope. Doug did it all by himself. And then, Leslie, she took it a step further. 
she went on and on about how she tried to encourage Doug to do the right thing. She said, I told Doug he wasn't allowed to be in your makeup bag. And I told him that he needed to obey because I didn't want him to get in trouble, but he wouldn't listen to me. (laughs) She's like five years old. She is dug her hole pretty deep there. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm talking got those heels dug in uh, very hard there. And so she goes on and on. And then I did something that rarely works with small children. I tried to reason with her. Hmm. I said, Alex, Doug did not do it. Doug is not capable of going in my makeup bag all by himself, getting out my lipstick and putting it on the dock. Well, either Alex had clearly thought through in advance how she was going to escape the consequences of her lie should she get caught or she was just this good off the cuff. Because again, she's five years old and she very quickly said, oh yeah, Doug could do it by himself because I put batteries in him. Oh, oh, (laughs) that is, that's some serious thinking through and, and snowball lying there. So again, Alex was caught. Yeah, I know. So again, Alex is caught red handed in telling a lie and I did call her out on it and I disciplined her for it, but I did not want to discourage her by labeling her a liar. I wanted to keep her focused on who she is in Christ. And so I said, Alex, you told a lie, but you are not a liar. That is not who you are. You are a forgiven child of God. Mm -hmm. And because of his grace, you can walk in truth. And then after we dealt with it, she had a clean slate of forgiveness and it was over. The matter was dropped. Her burden was lifted and her heart was so much lighter. So you see, grace was shown in me addressing it, dealing with it, and then letting it go and not holding it over her head. God's mercies are new every morning. Amen. Amen. And that, that really is one of the, that's a pretty specific red-handed lie. She got caught in there. That was an amazing story um, for a five-year-old. Wow. But, but I, as I look back and I remember one of the harder things to deal with as I was parenting was those gray areas where they swear up and down, you know, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And, you know, you're pretty sure that it is, maybe not quite as sure as you were that Doug didn't do it. But but if you aren't 100% sure, how do you deal with those gray areas if there's no you know clear proof of what you believe to be true? Mm, that's a great question because that does happen a lot, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, so if you're not 100% certain, as to whether or not the child is lying, I I very much encourage you to err on the side of mercy. Sir William Blackstone coined the saying, better that that 10 guilty people escape than that one innocent suffer. Hmm. To be accused of lying when in fact the child is telling the truth, that can be devastating. And the last thing we want to do is to make them feel that we have this ongoing suspicious expectation of them lying because that's going to discourage them from walking in truth. So if your gut is telling you that that your child is lying, but you're not 100% certain, just pray that God would bring it to light so that you might have that opportunity to point him to the atonement of Christ. And don't stress out over the possibility that your child uh, has gotten away with a lie because of your uncertainty. If he's really struggling with lying, he's going to lie again in a situation where you are certain, giving you that opportunity to train him in truth. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would add a word to to what Ginger just said in that we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to get everything right and you know the stakes are high and everything is equal, but the fact of the matter is 
God is in control and he will shine a light on those things. And so if you miss one that you're going to miss, you're going to miss so many things. I Mm -hmm. am horrified at, you know, now that my kids are grown (laughs) and I find out all these things that I had no idea, Um, but, but it's the body of our work. It's the faithfully following Jesus every day and sticking with our kids and going for their hearts day in and day out that God uses and he weaves all of that together. So so if you can't nail them on some gray area lie, God's going to make sure that if that is getting a, a if that lying tendency is getting a root in their heart, he's going to He's going to shine a light on that because like I noted before, he loves them too much to let them get away with it. And you can trust him in that and and rest in that. Well, Ginger, we are we're getting low on time, but I want you to tell us a little bit more about your new book series about teaching children to use their words wisely. Now, I know that you have one that is all about lying. So tell us a little bit about that and about the story that goes along with it um, so that we can we can know how to get that resource. Okay, well, uh, the children's book about lying is called Chloe and the Closet of Secrets. And Hmm. in that story, for every lie that Chloe tells, a crazy little fluff appears. And so (laughs) Chloe tries to hide her secrets by stuffing all the fluffs into her closet. And Hmm. it's not until the closet is so full that it's ready to burst that Chloe realizes that her lies are hurting her relationships. And so later in the story, uh, God winds up using Chloe's dad confessing his own lie and asking for forgiveness to encourage Chloe to do the same. So children, we have found uh, the responses we're getting. They love the silly story and the bright, fun illustrations. And the whole story is centered around encouraging them to always tell the truth. Um, There's also a parent page at the end of Chloe and the Closet of Secrets that offers guidance in helping children understand what a lie is and the powerful grace of God when they confess and seek forgiveness. Wow. Yeah. And and that parent page is one of the things that I really keyed on in the whining episode because I think it is so unbelievably valuable that as we, as you're going through this story, as your child is going to start asking questions about lying, as they're going to start seeing themselves and their tendencies in those stories, which they're going to because they lie or they whine or whatever your next secret book that is coming out is about, they do those things. So to, to the fact that you actually equip parents right then very easily with verses and with topics of conversation and in heart probing questions and all of the things that are there is unbelievably beneficial for families. And so I'm so grateful that you you set it up that way. That is such a good idea. Well, thank you. That's my goal is to really give parents those practical tools for how to deal with these specific issues uh, in heart-oriented ways that point them to God's word, what God's word has to say about these issues and what they need to do instead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Well, Ginger, we are running out of time. Can you tell everyone though, how they can connect with you? How can they uh, access and get your resources? Um, You know, where can they find you coming up and all that stuff? Great. Well, my website is gingerhubbard.com. That's a great place to connect with me. And all of my books and resources are available there. Uh, Some of my books are also available on other outlets such as Amazon, but I love for listeners to, uh, to go to my website to get those resources because that really helps to support my ministry more than if they're going to those other outlets Mm -hmm. such as Amazon. So again, that's gingerhubbard.com. And uh, Leslie, for your listeners, any of my resources that they want to purchase from my website, if they will use the code parent, at checkout, I will give them a 10% discount. So again, that's gingerhubbard.com. 
Um, I also uh, am on Instagram. I love to encourage parents on Instagram. I offer daily encouragement and parenting tips there, and they can find me at ginger.hubbard. But probably my favorite way to connect and encourage folks is through our podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It is a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, address specific issues of the heart, and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a a practical standpoint, my uh, host and I, Katie Morgan, and I, we are super passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues like disobedience and defiance and lying and whining and tattling and arguing and all everything that we can think of. Um, and we like to help them move past those frustrations of not knowing how to deal with those issues and into a confident, biblical, and heart-oriented approach to raising their children. Yeah, I would I would echo her plug for the podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. Her resources. Uh, one of the first parenting books, honestly, that I read when I really started diving in was Don't Make Me Count to Three. So I've been familiar with Ginger's work for a very long time. Um, and I'm very grateful for her faithful serving of families and bringing and creating great resources for all of us. So Ginger, thank you so much for joining us today. It, as always, has been a pleasure and a lot of help. Thank you, Leslie. It's always such a joy to get to talk with you and encourage your listeners. So thanks for having me on. Well, you're very welcome. And to everybody else, thank you for hanging out with us today. I am sure that you got some really great ideas and tips for dealing with lying within your children. Hopefully a lot of other things that that you can walk away with and, and be thinking about um, and how to implement within your own families and your own parenting. Uh, be sure to check out Ginger's website, gingerhubbard.com. Uh, she gave us that wonderful 10% discount with discount code parenting. So go get your resources. This new series for children is one that I think if you have young children, you definitely need to pick up. Avail yourself of those parent resources at the end. You're going to be glad that you did. Be sure that you check out Teach Them Diligently 365. Like I noted before, go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD 365. I would love to get to know you more there. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.